Sheridan from Fit for an Autopsy, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, so first off, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, first and foremost, you know, how are you, Pat? How have things been for you, for your family and your band as of late? And how long have you guys been on lockdown? Um, well, lockdown in Georgia is a little different than lockdown in other places. Like, we're definitely, you know, in a situation where everybody is being recommended to stay home and do that. Most businesses are closed, but we're fine, man. It's kind of like business as usual here. My wife generally works from home. Um, but that's just the way her job works. She, the business she works for is in the Northeast and we're in the Southeast. So she's working steady and, you know, my kid's home from school. So he's antsy and all he wants to do is play video games and yell at me about not being able to go out. And, um, you know, things are okay. Um, my, my mother-in-law, um, she has cancer and she's been battling that for the past two and a half years or so. And, She's doing good, but, you know, she's immune compromised because of some of the medication she's on and stuff. So it kind of there's some worries there about that, but she's doing good and, and we're keeping it healthy. And I'm yelling at her not to go to the store too much and <laughs> trying to make sure she stays home. And, you know, we're, we're doing OK. Um, as far as the band, uh, we took a pretty big hit because our tour got canceled day one. We played uh, a show in Philadelphia and then um, as we were playing, 10 shows got canceled. And it was just like, all right, like, the balance isn't there. Like, we can't make this work. There's too much of a loss for the headliner because Die Art was the headliner. And, you know, they already were in the bag from, you know, coming over from Australia and getting their bandwagon and doing all that. So everybody was, uh, you know, incurring the typical tour startup. But then losing 10 shows, that's a that's a, a lot of revenue. So um, not that we wouldn't have tried, but it just, it wouldn't have worked. So we canceled and, you know, we were in the hole a bit, but we got lucky and we listed all of our merch online from tour and man, supporters of fit for an autopsy are incredible. We, um, we a little more than broke even. So now we're able to support the credit card bills and the other things that all the bands have out there. And, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody that picked up a t-shirt or a hat or, you know, went out of their way to share our stuff on the internet that maybe caused some people to pick up a t-shirt or a hat or a hoodie. And we sold out of a bunch of stuff, which is crazy to think about in these kinds of times. So, you know, we're proud to be part of, of the metal and hardcore scene because it really does take care of its own. And um, we're very lucky that that worked out. So, you know, to all the bands that maybe aren't as lucky, you know, please put your things online, keep pushing it, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, it, it'll work out one way or the other. But we got lucky. You know, I guess we, we got a little buzz yeah. at the right time and it helped. So, you know, so that's it. You know, we're just we put out that new song and um, 
people really yep, here tomorrow. Yeah, um, it was the right time. You know, we we wrote Absolutely. that song like five months ago, like lyrics and all. Wow, like that that song was we didn't. That song was done, and it was something we've been sitting on for a minute, and we were trying to decide whether we were going to release it or when we were going to release it or what we were going to do, and it's li it's literally about what's going on right now, and it was like, holy shit, like we have this thing. We should do something with it, and Will came up with the idea of having Eric Richter make the video, and um, so that, that went really well, and you know that merch is, is moving along, and you know, things are luckily for us, things are cool. So we're we're all right. And and folks like you too, you guys help a lot too, because you care and put our no, shit out. Of course. So, Dude, yeah. Bro, um, we're gonna be always there for you no matter what. You know, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask uh, if you did write that song pre or post the quarantine, you know, whenever yeah. you guys because when you guys released, I was like, Wow, did they actually do this like during this entire pandemic? That's that's impressive. I was gonna ask that question if that was done recently. Uh, so if you guys did that five months ago, was that something that was almost you guys were debating if you wanted to put that on Sea of Tragic Beast? Or that's just something you guys just put it on the side and did just it's, make the record? You know, or it's, what? it's a song that we we recorded that after Seas. It was Sea um, of Tragic Beast came out and then we had some other things that are kind of going on in the background. And we had some music sitting around and we we're like, yo, let's like record a couple of singles. And just, you know, keep them just in case we, we already have the studio going and things are moving forward. And so um, Will and Hosian worked out all the rhythms and got everything done. And then me and Tim and Will actually sat down and, and worked on the solo together. It's probably the first I mean, Tim was had the main I, I had a thing. It didn't work out. And then Tim had a thing and it worked out really well. So we all kind of worked it out together and. And it was the first time as a team, me, Will, and Tim wrote a solo together. So it's this really cool little piece when I listen to that song, because it's nice to have all three influences in the solo, you know? Yeah. And, um, it was It's a really cool piece, but it's also kind of crazy that we wrote a song that is literally about what's going on now <laughs> five months ago. And, you know, it's Will's statement it really stands true. Like now we have all this time to think about how we can stop whatever it is that we're doing that's causing this to happen and how we can better our society. Like I'm really hoping that this is like a wake up call to everybody about how vulnerable we are and how um, easily life can change. You know, life is like this in a lot of other places around the world. Right. All it is. All the fucking time, whether you're, you know, locking yourself in the house because of war or famine or sickness, you know, this is this is something that Americans are very privileged, you know, to not have to deal with. So hopefully this shakes some people up into appreciating life and what we have here in the States a little bit more. You know what I mean? So the irony of all this is I remember when I when I interviewed you back in November. There's one quote you said in that interview that stuck out to me since then. You said, it comes the way it's supposed to come. Because, yeah. you know, it's it's not something that, oh, we're going to release this song called Fear Tomorrow. It's going to be a headbanging song, you know, a track that we're going to put out. It's going to be an amazing song. An amazing song. Thank you. We're going to release it five months down the road. It's not something you planned out. It just, it just happened. It was perfect. You know, Will came up with the idea, and then you guys all collaborated. It's... 
I, I, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Like this, the way, the way that you're just describing everything coming to fruition and this song that, you know, I mean, Sea of Tragic Beasts, it's, it's my favorite record of 2019. No record comes close. And already you guys are already making, you know, noise this year, you know, considering everything that's happening. But the fact that you guys are even like resonating within the time to connect with people, not only is everything that's happening, it's like some wake up call, but even your song, you know, just the lyrics within itself, it's it's hand in hand. I just think that's just a, that's where the creativity comes in. I think you guys are, are just nailing that, you know. Well, with a, with a guy like Will on the team, it's hard to not be pushed, you know, like he's yeah. at the forefront of heavy music, like he's recording and doing so many good projects and so many great bands like the guy is like you know lock and key in the industry and he he has helped write and record some of the greatest records in the past five years you know so like it's real hard and easy at the same time to work with a guy like will because his expectations are so high and his creativity levels are so high like sometimes it's like, yeah, this is easy, and then sometimes it's like, fuck, this is really hard because he he wants me to play better and do better, and you know, like we were in the studio recording um, my solo for No Man Is Without Fear, and it took a minute because there was a part in it that was very different for me. It was like trying some new stuff, and he was just giving me that look, like, all right, man, come on, dude, like just <laughs> like get it together, like stop it, you're gonna do this, then you gotta do it, and we figured it out. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting, man. But yeah, um, like that that comment that I made that you know it comes the way it's supposed to is the idea of that. You know what I mean? Like it 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 moves the way that it's supposed to move, and I feel like we're getting pushed in a lot of different directions, and we're just trying to focus on the main goal, which is making good music that people want to hear. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And, and what we want to play, too. Don't get it bent. Like, I'm not fucking writing any music that I don't want to play. You know what I mean? And I'll never yeah. do that. Yeah. So um, so I've been I've been keeping up with your Instagram, your social media. And, uh, you know, you know, being stuck at home like we all are, you know, how are you keeping up with your guitar chops? Like, do you does your family just let you just crank up and play in the house or how, how does that work out? It's funny that you mentioned that because there's always a guitar within five feet of me. Always. <laughs> so there's four five guitars in here there's two guitars in my living room uh there's a guitar in my dining room as a matter of fact you just um, keep one in every room <laughs> i just keep them when it's time and actually um i kind of hit this like weird wall where like being creative is one of those things where like it comes when it comes right but yeah when you say all right you're home for two months go be creative it's like uh-uh. <laughs> like that's not that's not how this works you know so um, right now, um, I'm learning Marty Friedman solos. I've been working nice. on, yeah, I just decided that I wanted to step my game up. And I really love his phrasing and his combination of um, uh, whatever, just guitar nerd structure stuff. And I really love the way he plays. So I started learning the solo from Symphony of Destruction yesterday. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And I can oh play it at half half speed <laughs> it's it's a wild solo you, so, bro you, you got this you, if all if, if if anybody's got this down down at pun intended it's you well 
I, I'll get there. You know, it's like anything yeah, else. Yeah. I'll build, but there's awesome. a couple of sections in there that are fucking wild. But that's it. So now I'm just trying to work on my chops, and then when the and then I've got some riffs in the computer. You know, like I've recorded some things and some stuff that I'll use, some stuff that I won't. I have another band that um, I joined a couple of years back, and we haven't really done much. It's this band, Premonitions of War, from Ohio, and um, we're like working on some tracks right now, and I'm I'm recording. It's just like really noisy, like Morbid Angel worship hardcore band is the only way I can put it. And so I've been no messing with that. This. Yeah, it's that's fun, and um, okay. so I'm doing that, and then uh, yeah, that's it, man. Working out. I've been spending a lot of time working out and trying to keep that up, and hanging out with my kid and playing guitar. There's yeah. nothing else to do. You know, when you were, when you guys were when you guys were uh, touring for season, you guys you guys toured extensively. Uh, you know, after that um, release and the reception you guys were getting was just amazing. I, I was, I'm, I'm just so proud to see you guys where you are right now. How was, how was that experience? I know everything's kind of just come to a halt, but from like October to beginning of March, how was everything? Like you guys toured with Die Art also in uh, Europe, you know, how, how was that tour cycle for you guys? Well, so our headliner, which is when you interviewed us, I believe was the headliner. Yeah, um, that was when we played with Discarnate and Lorna Shore, Rivers of Nile. Nile. Yep. That was yeah. Those numbers on that tour were incredible. Um, that Dallas show was great. I remember being worried because it was kind of shitty weather. And every time we yeah. played, it was shitty yeah. weather. But a good amount of people showed up that night. I think it was pretty close to being sold out. Um, I think maybe 400 total was that night or 300 i can't remember the shows they get a little jumbled but yeah denver was like <laughs> the bluebird theater and there was like almost 500 kids in the bluebird theater before guest list or anything and oh. i got there and i was nervous because it's a big venue and i walked up and i was like hey you know i'm hoping tonight's gonna be good and she's like there's 350 pre-sale I was like, what? Damn. <laughs> yeah. And there was a bunch of sold out shows. The show in LA was over 400. Uh, the show in Fresno sold out. The show in Sacramento sold out. Like, dude, that was a great tour, man. And then off of that, we went and did the Thy Art tour. Yeah. Which was fucking massive. Like, Thy Art's live show, everything was. That was an incredible tour. You know, Carnifex was cool. Um, I Am was cool. Rivers, obviously, we toured with them before. But, like, watching the art set and watching how much of, like, a big boy, like, metal band set it was. Like, the last handful of shows, they had Pyro. Like, they were on some, like, Parkway Drive-style performance. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that shit on social media. I was like, oh, my God, they're going all out for this tour. Yeah. And not even know, we like, got, you know, when, when, when I interviewed Die Hard, like, we didn't even get that, you know, but the venues you guys were playing were massive, like, the, the ones that I saw, at least. Yeah, like, 2,000 cap rooms. And, yeah. And, Lord. like, yo, I'm <laughs> so proud of Thy Art and, like, watching their set, like, it gave me this, like, this little glimmer inside of me, like, a little, like, a burning ember to, like, step up the live show. 
like watching them and seeing them push their craft and like want to step into that next level kind of thing like it just made me realize like there's room for bands like us in that world if we really want to be there oh definitely and, and now's the time so like we had a lot of plans for this year and uh you know who knows like we have two more tours booked this year but we have europe but you know who knows how that's gonna happen we did announce europe because we have to you know we have to put it out there that we have these festivals booked and stuff but and i know a lot of the festivals are kind of holding on hoping that they can make it work but it's not looking too promising right now we're hoping you know we're hopeful but i mean you know how that goes so we'll see but then we have an american tour and a canadian tour booked for the end of the year which will be august and then september um and then we're talking about doing something maybe in december now that things have slowed down so much and then we have a big 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 fucking european tour january february like it will by far be the biggest tour fit for an autopsy has ever fucking done i can't talk about it but Man. like there's some like ten thousand cap rooms type shit so europe like, always gets the best shows <laughs> yeah and it's gonna be one of those ones that people are gonna go what the fuck like holy shit <laughs> but here's the thing who who knows you know what i mean like who knows yeah. what's gonna happen so careers are careers are questionable right now, you know what I mean? So I'm just hoping that everyone can figure out a way to keep their bands rolling. Like there's bands out there that like have been around for years and years and I'm just and then there's new bands out there like Fuming Mouth and all these other bands. Like I'm wearing their shirt. I love that band. I was just talking about them before we started talking. Yeah. And I'm just hoping younger bands can hang in there. You know what I mean? And and like Cause like think about that tour that we just canceled. Let's let's focus on that for a minute. That tour, right. you had this Unmazor band. They're from Iceland. They flew here from Iceland to open a tour, right? So that band, and then Aversion's Crown from Australia. Yeah. They're from Australia. Yes. You're looking at at least fifteen grand in flights just to get here. And then the artist from Australia. So think about not only what we lost because we couldn't do the tour, but the tour startup that no one in the world thinks about except for people who are involved in it. Those guys are losing thousands upon thousands of dollars before the fucking first show even happened. You know what I mean? And we were 20 grand down and we're from the States. Imagine what it's like coming over from there. So, so many of these young bands and veteran bands have taken hits monetarily. Everybody's going to be rushing for the bit when it's time to get back, right? Yeah. And that's going to be weird, too, because then promoters are going to be in the hole. Clubs are going to be in the hole. Everybody's going to be trying to gain. And there's going to be so many people wanting to tour that everybody's going to be getting lowball offers to go on tour because... There's going to be no way for there's nowhere for the money to come from. Nobody's going to have money. So everybody's going to be on tour, but it's going to be a struggle for the first year to get things back to normal. And then once that happens, it'll be easier because, you know, promoters will make money. Clubs will make money. People will be able to get back to normal advertising and all of those things. And, you know, people will be working. They'll be able to spend money on T-shirts and going to shows and all that stuff. So there's more to it than just what happened. 
and where it where it's going to go there's also the like full on financial burden going on in the world right now that's yeah. going to hurt the touring industry so you know if you guys are listening like really support your bands like if you if you even if you can't buy a t-shirt share the post you know put put it out to your friends like share the music you know get email your friends hey fucking fit or thy art or carnifex or um you know whatever the fucking taylor swift the whole industry everybody's hurt you know what i mean these these people are losing their asses on every level bartenders security guards I mean, police detail that would normally be able to be there to work, like all of these things are affected. So, you know, it's it's crazy how deep down this whole thing goes. And uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, we can get back to some kind of normalcy sooner than later. But man, it's it's a pretty rough one right now. You know, it is. You know, I, I have I have a lot of friends in the you know you know aside from music, you know, just in in the waiting. Uh, waiting tables, you know, bartenders, yeah. you know, in that industry who are just out of jobs right now. And yep. the unemployment, the 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 amount of people who file for unemployment, it's just it's rising by the minute. It's and, staggering. Uh, it's it, it's crazy. Um, you know, you you did mention about how musicians, you know, artists like yourselves, you know, the young artists, veteran artists who are trying to, you know, get out of this muck. And you know, it's, for lack of a better term, it's more than a muck, but yeah. I've seen, I've seen some bands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna point one out. Code Orange, you know, they went uh, a live streaming for a concert that they did um, without anybody in the venue. So, yeah. do you, do you think like the quarantine induced like live streaming surge is going to affect, you know, your business going forward? Like just the musician business going forward? You know, is that something maybe you see bands doing more? Uh, I don't think so. Um... I think what Code Orange did was cool, trying to um, create a thing and and uh, and do what they did. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, people are gonna stop going to shows and just do the live streaming thing. Yeah, because, I mean, live streaming has been a thing for a long time, and it's something that a lot of people take advantage of. But man, live shows are a different thing. And people that love going to live shows, they need that. You know, there's this energy that's there and this sense of community. And I don't think I don't think we're quite deep enough into the matrix yet that people are ready to give up the social aspect of what happens in the world. And here's yeah. a really interesting thing. My Instagram numbers are growing and growing and growing in the band's Instagram, the personal Instagrams in my band. I've been talking to all my guys. People are messaging me every day. I, I'm so bummed I couldn't get to see you. I can't wait until you guys get back out. The anticipation for the shows is really there. More messages than I've ever gotten, and I'm fucking flattered and humbled that people are messaging me to say, hey, man, we hope you guys are good. We hope your band is good. We hope you and your family are good. We need you guys. Get out here as soon as you can. Like, these people should be worried about their own families. They should be worried about their shit. But they're messaging me because they need that connection. And I need that connection. My band needs that connection. That shit is wild to me, dude. Like, 
every day five to ten messages from different people all over the fucking globe saying, hey, man, this shit sucks. I'm really bummed I don't get to see you at this show. But just know that we're all waiting for you guys. Come here. You know the whole come to Brazil joke that, you know, floats around like that whole thing. Like it's it's still happening, man. And it's happening more than ever. And I'm humbled. And like it's almost kind of like for a guy like me, it's almost kind of like, fuck, like this is real. Like these people give a shit about my life. Like what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so it's it's a humbling experience, I guess. You know, if you want to put it yeah. that way. And there's a connection there. So I don't think that connection is going to get lost on the internet or live streaming, feeding bullshit. Like, I think it's cool that bands are doing it right now. And, you know, again, the Code Orange thing, like, you know, it's great. I, 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 think, I think what they were doing, um, there was also another band. There's another band uh, called Insomnium they're, uh, from um, their uh, Finnish Melodeth band. They, they, were, they were doing ticket sales online. Yeah, I don't so, like that. Yeah, see, like, they're doing tickets so fans can actually tune in to see the live streaming. I thought that was interesting. So I don't know like, what you thought about that when it comes, you know, because yeah, you know, the revenues are going to the bands themselves. I'm not here to judge what another band does. Right, 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 of course. And I'm not going to do that. But at times like this, like if you wanted to do that on, on a normal everyday kind of thing, like I would be cool with that. But like we're selling merch. Because we have to sell merch because we need to make money. And we we have to pay the bills. Like, that's it. But we also gave that song away. You know? We put that song out as a thank you to everybody that bought our merch from us. And I think if it wasn't this wild pandemic going on and somebody came to me and they're like, yo, we want to do, like, a global show where everybody in the world would be able to tune in and we're going to do this, like, discount price kind of thing like you know like some wwe event that you watch uh, at night on pay-per-view <laughs> kind of thing i yeah. think metallica did that with the snm thing but that shit's cool but it would be a situation for me where i would feel like we would play a live show in front of an audience and then film it and put it out there so people who couldn't be there could maybe jump in and pay 15 bucks to get it fine but i, I don't know man i'm not maybe i'm wrong but this is just one man's view i just I can't ask anybody for anything right now. And I know we're selling merch because we have to, but like, I don't know. It, it feels wrong to me, but that's just me. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think now's the time for that kind of thing. But again, everybody's got to make a living and everybody's got to make money. And I'm not judging that band. I'm just saying, if I was asked to do it, I would want to do it for free. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, that's just me. I think, Code Orange was free, I'm pretty sure, right? I, I believe it was. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That's right, cool. Right. That's cool. You know what I mean? Cool. I, I do your thing. And I know Code Orange just had like a crazy video and a new record and they're, they're doing their thing. So it makes sense that they would want to be in the public eye right now and like do something for people to see. But I mean, they didn't charge for it. And that says something. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they understand what's going on right now. We're all stuck in this thing. And I, I don't know, maybe, again, who the fuck knows? Maybe what I'm saying is wrong. Maybe, you know, they had particular reasons. Maybe they needed to do it to save their band, which is understandable. But I just, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm the guy that could stand up and be like, hey, pay $15 to watch me on the internet when we put videos out for free for you to watch on YouTube every day. 
You know what I mean? It just feels weird to me. Yeah, I mean, putting it that way, you know, that's that that does bring it in, into perspective. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's just it's just another example of you know of trying to get through this time. It's it's unprecedented. It's not something you plan for. It's like <laughs> okay, so this is. This that, is the that's misinformation that happens dude. when there's a hang pandemic. On, hang 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 on. That's kind of misinformation. It's not unprecedented. This has happened before. It hasn't happened for a long time, but in 1918, right. this happened. This is the biggest yeah. right now. Now, the reason I'm pumping the brakes is because how important this is. I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose, but think about it. This is not unprecedented. This has happened before. So saying things like that is the misinformation that we don't need. Everybody, this has happened before. He's he's what he's saying. I understand because in our lifetimes, this is completely new. But in 1918, the country got through this with less science, technology, and ability, and they got through. So don't don't give that little bit of misinformation because people will grab that and run with it. We will get through this, and we have. Wait, we have the technology, you know what I mean? Like we're yeah, we're doing- and we've gotten through it before with less resources. Right, that is the right thing to say because when you say that it's unprecedented, it it gives it this whole new thing that nothing like this has happened before, and there's no hope, and we're not going to get through it. Who the fuck knows? It's not unprecedented, but you are right. This is new for our time and our technology and and our position. My biggest fear is the fear that comes along with the information that we pass out to people. Do I know everything? No. Am I a scientist? No. But I do know that we have been through this before and we've risen up as a country and now we're going to rise up as a world and we're going to do it together. And if we do it together and we create this bond from country to country, person to person, place to place as a team, instead of worrying about all the politics and bullshit, we will know globally that we did some great thing together, whatever your part may be, and we can move forward as a fucking globe and a world and make things a little better. That's my hope through all of this. The reality, I can't say. But I don't mean to cut you off, man, but that's very important to me no, that we're I, careful. I'm, no, you're, you, that's, that's the perspective that you know we need. It's, it's almost like it's too much to ask for for everyone to work together. That's, that's, the, that's what I'm seeing is just the... Uh, we're so spoiled in this generation, you know, that that people just aren't willing to, you know, go all in to work together to, you know, to get out of this. And I feel like it's we could be done with this a lot sooner than expected, but I feel like it's dragging. Well, you know, it's I'm wild. Sure. But I, keep, I keep reading different things, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, Fauci says everybody's got a distance. And then there's another um epidemiologist i guess you say a guy who studies epidemics who says that um respiratory disease is best battled by people getting it and passing it and no one has ever said we're going to get a cure they keep talking about slowing the curve which means we're all still going to get exposed in one way shape or form so there's no real dialogue on what is actually going to work and it's like you say like there's no there's no promise on any of this. Like, it's just going to go the way it needs to go. But you're right, man. Like, regardless of their, whether they're right or wrong, there is a certain amount of responsibility to each other as human beings that yeah. we need to fall in line to a certain degree to help each other, you know? So Yeah, it's, it, and you also see things a little bit more clearly when 
I guess, clearly a little bit more uh, seriously because I actually have family in Italy and Belgium who actually have been affected by this disease. Yeah. And you know, my, my cousin's got this disease. You know, she has a two-year-old that she can't even be near because yeah. she has to be quarantined. You know, it's you, you start to see things a little differently when a person you know is affected and then, you know, another person who doesn't take it seriously. It, it just it drives you up the wall and. Anyway, that that's just my opinion, you know. If no, that's you're right. You're, you're completely right. And I don't think, listen, I don't think you should have any fear or reservations of saying those kinds of things in public because your family is important to you and it should be important to me and everybody else because if I don't help you take care of your family, you're not going to help me take care of my family. Like, this is not a privileged thing. This is supposed to be something that we're helping each other with, right? But yeah. let me put a spin on what you just said. I was in Milan a month and a half ago or two months ago, almost now when everything was starting to hit the fan, yeah. our government uh, knew about it in December, January, and they waited to start travel restrictions. So we were sent into the belly of the beast on a plane for a month where all of these things were starting to happen and no one warned us. And all these people are mad at the government and all these things for, oh, uh, we could have done earlier. We could have done this. We could have. Nobody knew this was going to be a global fucking pandemic when it started. Like, yeah, there was something going on in China, but nobody knew that it was going to hit Italy so hard, that it was going to hit everywhere so hard. So, like, people are blaming the government and Trump and all of these things. Would it have mattered? Would anybody have stopped or listened? If Trump came out and was like, hey, we should slow travel down, blah, blah, blah. Like, would any of us really have listened? And would it have mattered? Because now we know it's happening. And people like your family are affected. And motherfuckers are still having barbecues. You know what I mean? People are still, people are mad because they can't go out to dinner. Your family member is sick. Like, these are all things that you should be saying, man. And you have a right to feel that way. You know, and for a little while, I was... You know, being my angsty, rebellious teenage self trapped in a 44-year-old man's body. Like, oh, fuck this and do what I want. <laughs> and then I yeah. saw shit get bad. I talked to a couple of people, and it changed my view. And now I'm spending most of my days at home. You know what I mean? So you're not wrong, dude. And don't don't say, I'm not going to talk about it. Or I'm not going to do it. You fucking keep talking about it because that's important that people hear you say that. No, I appreciate that. By the way, I didn't say this before, but... Uh... You know, my well wishes go out to your mother-in-law. You know, I hope, you know, it's, it's, uh, cancer's a terrible disease. I lost too many, uh, family members and friends to that. So, but, so, um, we're running out of time, but I want to, I want to switch gears here for a second because I had some, you know, some fun questions I wanted to ask you. Um, All right, let's do it. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to switch gears like we usually do. So no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a song lyric. Okay. You are going to tell me. What's the name of the song? Can Ooh, you do that? I, I want to know how. A, I want to know how well you know your music, bro. <laughs> uh, my so okay. my this is from my band. Yeah, this is from your band. No, no, no. This this is well, yeah, fit for an autopsy. I, if, uh, not not from uh, Premonitions of War, which by the way we will talk about next time I get to talk to you. Okay. Uh, well, this is tough because we don't play it live. There's a chance I'm not gonna know all the lyrics, but go ahead. <laughs> okay um cory what do you think should i start them off easy or should i just throw random ones just throw random ones that's fine <laughs> okay 
Um, all right. This'll, this is just three lines. I shall rise on these heathen wings, flames, the cold embrace of the beast that swallows worlds. Uh, that is... Uh, it's the least favorite song that yeah. we have. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yes. Wrath? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking hate that song. God damn it. <laughs> I, I, I knew. I, I was like, I, I have knew to that. This one. I really... I didn't think I was going to know the first one, but I fucking hate that song. Go ahead. I know you hate that song. That's why I picked that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's, here's another one. Um, we only shit where we eat, licking the plate clean. Such a modern convenience. A four-course meal for anyone not listening. Romantic dinners for two, the parasites and you. Oh, fuck. Uh... It's off of, that's off of, I think it's off of Hellbound. Yeah, good. Oh, fuck. Uh... Putting him on the spot. You are. No, Love. dude, it's good. I know the lyric and I can hear the music in my head, but, um, Atlantic Dinners for Two, The Parasite. Uh... Man, you got me. Um, that is that is children, children of the corn, of the corn syrup. syrup. Yeah, it's children of the corn syrup. Okay, go ahead, fuckers. Okay, I thought it right. was, but I, I wasn't sure. All right, yeah, so, yeah, it's children of the corn syrup. Yeah. All right, so you're one for two. All right, let's. Okay, uh, no, actually. Okay, this is actually my favorite song off of this record. Um, we let ride. Like rookies at the table, we let it ride alone in the fallout. We deserve the fate we've enabled. Um, I absolutely love the song. I don't think I've actually seen you guys play this live. I hear the music in my head. Actually, you got the riff correct. I know. Wait, just give me a minute. This is great. I can hear the song in my head. Um, fuck, why can't I remember the name of the song? This game sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's off of, again, that is off of Absolute Hope. Um, it is... Yep. Uh, we did a video for it. The lights swinging in the fucking room. Man, yeah, you, got, you got like everything song. down except the name. <laughs> yeah, it's just the name is. Um, how do I give him a? Do I give him a context? Do I give him a clue? I don't know how I actually yeah, give him a clue. Yeah, it's. I don't know why I'm fucking hitting a wall, but I know I can sing the. What letter does it, it start with, Sonny? Uh, it starts with an H. Starts with an H. Yeah. Oh come on, man. <laughs> What? What's wrong with me? All right. Uh, so this means next time I see you guys, you guys better that this better be on the set list. All right, we probably will. I know the song. I'm just like, just wait. I'm the fucked up thing is that as soon as you say it, I'm gonna be so disappointed in myself, but just hitting a wall. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. 
Hollow shell. Uh, hollow shell. <laughs> Sense. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what song it is. I can't remember the fucking names of my own songs. Go ahead. Fuck. Okay, I got. I got two more. This, okay, this one's an easy one. This one is. It's easy. Tragedy okay. reigns forever. Tragedy reigns forever. Tragedy reigns forever. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's Black Man. <laughs> I gotta give you an easy, easy one, man. Like that. You know what it is with Hollow Shell? Hollow Shell is one of those songs that I argue that we should be playing. Yes. Everybody tells me no. I love that Everybody song. Tells me no, it's it's kind of like an easy song to play, but it's got so much feeling to it. But live, it never nails the way we want it to. But go really, man, yeah. it's 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 right up there one of my one of my all time favorites for you guys. I love I love that song. I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know. In my head, I'm like I fucking fully blank. Weird pressure. But go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna uh, okay. I don't know if this is a curveball, but okay, let's see how this goes. You can't control us all. You'll never kill, kill us all. Failure is not an option. It's the only way out. You can't control us all. You'll never fucking kill us all. That's an older one. Okay. I feel like yeah. an older one. This is throwing it back. Yeah. This is like process the human extermination track yeah 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 um <laughs> is it a colonist yes yes yeah, i thought so i thought so that's a good fucking track that's an that old a old one dude track. that's one that we never really play live either that's a that's a good you know what maybe maybe i'm gonna fish back into that one and and we'll break that track out that's a good one that's the but, idea I, you know what's these, funny these, i don't yeah. know I, the for me to miss hollow shell is such a kick in the ass it's like it's almost like this weird pressure game where like you suck at taking tests but <laughs> i truly love that song and and i feel like because of this i'm gonna make them let, let me put that back in there because I don't want to not yes. I don't want that song to forever be in my brain. But when you have five, six records, like it's so wild to like reach back that far just on lyrics as a guitar player. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I feel like I'm surprised that I got the colonist one and not and I'm I'm also surprised that I didn't get hollow shell. So you got wrath. You also got wrath, yeah. So what what yeah, you also yo, that song. The Jackal and Wrath are the two oldest songs that we could talk about, and Digging Shallow Graves, like those three. Uh, are, are those are those from the uh, Hell on Earth? L those EP? are the Hell. That's from the Hell on Earth EP. Yeah. Yep. So those are like old gems, dude. I can't. Fuck! I hate that song, Wrath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you you and Will share that same opinion, so I, I'm glad I picked that one. Okay, yeah. this one, yeah. this one. There's no way you should fucking miss this. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is the last one. I'm gonna end this on an easy note. Um, everyone loves you when you're dead or dying, but the earth owes you nothing. Just to hold a dying. Oh, wow. that's on the new record. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> is it Napalm Dreams? Yes, that's your yeah. favorite one. Yeah. Yep, that's my favorite song on the record. It, it's yeah. you know, it is. It's more like. I'm unsure and I don't want to answer wrong. And, and like I get the I get it in my head that it's there. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But what if I'm wrong? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's dude. That song is uh, that song you, you, is one of those. Songs. You were on board with that song first. You told I me that. I wasn't. I wasn't on board. It was so different for us that I had this like real deep seated fear that like I love the song. And when I heard it without lyrics, I was like, absolutely not. Like, no. But then when I heard it with vocals and the way it was written and like Joe's expression of everything, like it really changed my view on that song. And it, I think it's the best complete song that Fit for an Autopsy has ever written. It's the, the lyric that I uh, just uh, spoke out right now is that it's probably my favorite one in the entire album because that just. It just hits you so hard. Everyone loves you when you're dead or dying. That's, man, like the the just the intellectual concept that goes behind just that line. It yeah. couldn't be more true to what time we are living in right now. You know, I think it's always it's, been that way too. Like, really think about like like the greatest artists in the world, like the struggling artists, like the Picassos and the you know all these guys that are creating all this new ground they struggle their whole life and they live poor and they don't have anything and then they die and their art becomes worth millions of dollars it's like almost like you have to die in order to be appreciated as an artist or a creator which is one of those things like when i hear that line i think it goes for most people you know but i also believe like in the art world and in the creative side of things there's no line that's truer you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you hear about these artists that lived in a one-room flat in New York City and could, like, were eating beans and rice every day to get by, you know, barely getting through it, living in the most uncomfortable conditions, and then now their paintings are selling for fucking $450,000 for, like, some sketch. You know what I mean? And that, like, to me, that's, it's pretty sad. It, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird thing for me. No, it's 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 a very common thing to happen too, sadly. And uh, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's definitely an eye-opening, you know, realization just to the reality of what we're all dealing with. But, yeah. Um. So, I think we are out of time right now. But man, we had a this is like an hour. <laughs> this is great. Sorry. Um, I like no, no, no. I'm, I'm, bro, I'm uh, do, you have, do you have any any like any last words that you want to say? Like just from your heart yeah man first of all thank you guys for taking a you know an hour of your day to help you know keep my band or any band afloat in these crazy times and like giving bands a platform to you know maybe further their success in a time where it's really hard to do that that's number one number two thank you to everybody that bought a record or bought a t-shirt or you know, supported us when things got shut down because you really did make it possible for us not to have to lose our asses in this whole situation. And um, last but not least, to everybody in the industry, from bands to promoters to booking agents to, um, you know, uh, media people to photographers and bartenders and you know, security guards and everybody who's losing it right now, like just you know, know that bands out there know what you're going through and we give a fuck that we're all, you know, in this situation and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, stick it out and let's let's try to push back when things come and, and save it all because it's it can go one of two ways, you know, people can fall apart 
before we can stick together as a team and like really push forward. So, you know, work hard and hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. Yeah. Uh, Got to work together during this, during this time, you know, it's, you know, it's, that's the only way we're going to get through it. Um, but we'll get through it. You know, that, that's how it's going to be. We're, yeah. We'll be just going forward. Um, so hopefully, so hopefully, um, one last question. Actually, I forgot. Um, before I let you go, I actually wanted to, I can't believe I forgot to ask you this, your relationship with Matt Heafy from Trivium, how did that blossom into what it is today? It's funny um, because, that you brought that, you brought because, that up. But before you answer, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Before you answer, because when I first saw you guys, you guys were opening up for Trivium a few years back, and you had bands like While She Sleeps and Arch Enemy, but man, the band that's that that stood out that night and trivium just released a brand new album at that time the sin yep. in the sentence the band that stood out for me that night was fit for an autopsy and then i saw you guys again with trivium again you know that following summer and you guys stole the show yet again i'm not even surprised anymore at this point because of how well you guys are just uh at one well-oiled machine live but just the support that you and matt give each other i mean it I love seeing that. You know, Matt Matt's band's been around, you know, for a while, as yours has. But you know, it's you guys just haven't been getting the recognition you deserve, just like yeah, Matt. We're but in different like, we're in different lanes. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's like it's like coming together, you know. Like where did that relationship start? So here's the crazy thing about Matt. It's funny that you bring that up because I've been on the phone with him like a handful of times this week because we're we're gonna names will remain nameless, but Somebody took a little shot at Matt on the internet, and um, mm. and I read it, and I jumped to defend him because Matt found out about our band completely organically. Um, their guitar player gave him the record to listen to, gave him the great collapse, and Matt fell in love with it. And Matt started posting about us randomly on the internet, and we saw it. So our first response was to say, Matt, like you don't have any idea how much it means for like a 20 year, you know, metal lifer who has struggled to make his band what it is to like give us that kind of recognition. Thank you. And then he was like, yo, we want to take you guys on tour. And that's like, well, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> OK, yeah, sure. And we want to pay you guys a decent amount of money and let you open for our 2000 people a night. And like so like that was really cool. But in the process of that, I got to spend some time with him. And then I got to meet his wife and then I've been to his house and I've met his kids and I've hung out with his family. And I come to realize like Matt Heapy is just a good soul, you know? Yeah. And, and the biggest problem in the industry right now is that people are too quick to jump to conclusions about the things that they think that they know about people. And it's aside from major other problems, but like to me on like a, like a, a scene level, like, you know, like where our band is and where we come from. People don't take people in our world seriously because people in our world don't know how to conduct themselves professionally, right? So this dude took a shot at Matt, and, and I jumped right back at him and defended Matt and said, hey, man, like Matt discovered us on his own, pulled us up, brought him on tour, brought us on tour, rather, took the time to talk about our band. And because of Matt, um, I just did an interview with Rob from uh, Machine Head, Rob Flynn. Yeah, awesome. him, right? And that's because Matt posted about us, and Rob was like, "All right, like I'm gonna come see Trivium," and he came on that same tour that you saw us on, and I met Rob, and then 
Rob Chapman, and then Rob's post, and then Gary Holt from Slayer posting about our band. And Gary fucking Holt from Slayer and fucking Exodus is posting about my band on the fucking internet, right? So this is all organic, and it's all because of Mahifi, dude. And the lesson here is sometimes people in our industry need to shut up and open their eyes because there's guys above us that are great, like Matt Heafy. And our friendship is a true friendship, not because he put my band, my band on blast. That was the catalyst. But we're friends because he's a good fucking dude. When I say, hey, Matt, those new guitar picks look great. And these show up at my house. I get four bags of these at my house because he wanted to do something nice for me. He didn't have to do that. He did it because he's a good dude, right? That's what yeah. I'm talking about. So Matt Heavey, if you're watching this, thank you for everything you've done for my band and for really caring about music and metal and pulling smaller bands up and giving them an opportunity to do bigger things. And to all the people in our industry that don't take the time to recognize that, act like a professional and really look at things from where they are. Don't blast people on the internet when you have no idea what they're about. And don't try to align people with your opinion because you think it's right. Because you have no idea. This dude is a good human. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's something that I've been meaning to talk about, but I kind of kept to myself. But you know what? Fuck it. Like, Matt Heafy's a good human, and everybody in Trivium is great. They're all good dudes. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the opportunities we have. So, you know what? I'm glad you brought that dude up. He's a fucking champion, that guy. Really I, I had a feeling. I, I had a feeling. I was missing a question. I was like, something doesn't feel right. I feel like I should be asking something. And then, and then I remember. I was like, oh, holy crap! I yeah. like one of the most important questions to me because Trivium was a band. You know, I, I grew up on. Man, I hope. I hope. And I know you probably can't say anything, but I know they're releasing a new record later this month. I hope you guys, since you guys released C's last year, can come together with Trivium and do like another run. I mean, that'd be absolutely amazing. It would be absolutely amazing having you and Matt do an interview together with us that would be amazing just that'd be well, like just coming full circle i'll tell you what there's a band in metal right now that treated us great and that we would tour with and support anytime it's those dudes you know i heard stories you know about what people thought and about certain things and we've toured with some bands that maybe didn't treat us as well as they could have but Trivium is a class act, and whether you love or hate what they do or the music they make, you got to respect the guy for caring about the underground and pulling bands up and treating them the right way. So, yeah, Matt Matt deserves a little praise on that one. You know, he's a good Definitely. dude. Definitely. It's, it's, it's just something you can you uh, you can learn character-wise from just an individual and doing the right thing. you yeah. got to do the right thing, man. You know, you just be, be, be the person you are. Just do the right thing. Help people out. That's how we're going to be able to get to where we want in this world by pursuing our passion. And you guys have that. Matt has that. You know, bands are out there. And it's I, I love the support you guys give each other. Two of my favorite bands working together, touring, supporting each other, all the love. It's just, it's great to see. And we just need more of that. Well, I agree. And I also think, you know, I also think that the more bands, like we did the depression sessions with that exact thing in mind. Oh, I love that. I love that album. Right. It's three bands that normally people would think are competing for the top spot. You know, the Acacia Strain, I Art, we're an up and coming band trying to get where they are. But it's not about that. It's about creating a cool thing, a tangible, cool, interesting thing together. 
and and working on concepts together and, and uniting more parts of the industry. And, uh, you know, that's that's the idea of all of this. So we'll see. It took a long time for me to wrap my head around what I want from whatever this career might be. And, and that's what I want, dude. So, you know, more Matt Heathies in the world. That would be sick. More Pat Sheridan's in the world, too. We'll be more <laughs> well, you guys. Now, Pat, uh, man, thank you so much, bro. It's uh, yeah. you're you're one of my literally my, one of my favorite people to talk to. And I hope, you know, whenever all this resolves and it will resolve down the line, um, come back to Texas. We love you guys. Thank you. Let's do another interview. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, if you guys do come back with IR, let's do uh, one with you and Andy. And if it's with Trivium, let's do one you with you and Matt. I would just love to bring more people on to, you know, just be in the spot. You know, just it'd be it'd be great to do that. Well, you guys are great. And thank you for giving a shit about metal and, and about the community. And, you know, anytime you want me, I'll be happy to do it. Hey, that we're for you, bud. Just let us know whatever you need. All right. And um, I'll let you know ASAP. We're going to put this podcast up very soon. It's actually on stitcher itunes and spotify so you can get it on all platforms Perfect. and i'll give you the links to all of them once they're out all right bro awesome and we'll share them across the board hey man i appreciate you so much for supporting us as well you know let's be yeah. there for each other you know let's look after one another and we're going to get to where we're going to get uh into with our lives if we work together so and yeah, you're absolutely. a perfect example of that thank you for existing thank you for putting the music out that you do um the sky's the limit for you you know let's 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 keep going bro all right brother thank you guys so much all right Appreciate it, bro. Later, guys. Later. Later. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. It would be greatly appreciated. And we look forward to bringing more guests onto our podcast. And if you have any suggestions on who we should bring next or in the future, please let us know. You can find us at Interview Under Fire's Facebook or Instagram, or you can reach me directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at Interview Under Fire.